This episode of the Lunch Break Podcast is brought to you by the sales developers. They believe that outbound sales requires a consistent commitment to the process, and they understand the tedious and time-consuming task of sourcing, hiring, and onboarding new sales talent. Besides providing premium quality contact data, outbound prospecting services and expert consulting to consistently fill your sales buckets, they have built the ultimate sales enablement tool, Uplevel. It lets you uplevel your skills by managing all of your playbooks and scripts in one place. Still writing your favorite opening lines on sticky notes? Are your training and guides in a hundred different folders? Do you wish you had a way to develop a playbook to actually enable your team? With Uplevel, you can easily do it all. Whether you're a rep or a leader, your job just got a whole lot easier. Start for free today and you can go to thesalesdevelopers.com backslash Uplevel. You are now tuned in to the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 44 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest for episode 44 is Jackson Liu. He is an experienced sales development professional, someone that I connected with on LinkedIn originally, and we share... Uh, similar experiences in our past, in our careers. We both spent time in retail sales, made the transition over to B2B sales. And the reason that I truly enjoyed having Jackson on the show and the reason that I wanted to have him on the show is he is just a very open and honest person about his journey, about what it takes to be successful in sales from his point of view. And that's what he delivers on this episode. We talk about how he got into sales. We talk about the ups and downs of being an SDR, navigating a career in it as an SDR, and the steps you have to take, the real world decisions you have to make when things don't exactly go to plan, which as much as we want to talk about positivity all the time and everything going just right, it's very valuable to talk about the realities of how you deal with and move on when Things don't go your way. And, and Jackson is somebody who continues to push the envelope, continues to remain vigilant about not only furthering his career as an SDR, as a sales professional, account executive, whatever he goes on to do next, but also to help level up the sales profession as a whole. Awesome episode. In case you can't listen to the entire thing, I'm going to provide Jackson's snack break sales tip. Take a listen. You always want to go ahead and ask yourself, what's next? And what I mean by that is uh, personal development and leveling up yourself. Like, okay, what's next? Uh, and what I would like to do is uh, that to make full progress of that is write down your goals, right? And I mentioned this on my previous episode before too. And what I mean by that, okay, you start as SDR. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Write down that goal. So you draw, you're in SDR right now. You draw a circle, SDR. And you draw, uh, you draw another circle on top of where you want to be. And then you draw a line from that. And then you go, okay, what's the expected time frame? How long will it take them to get there? And then you reverse engineer and work backwards. And then go, okay, now what do I have to do to get here? What do I have to do for me to get there? And what, 
what who would I have to talk to about that or who can I who can help me with that and then start working on it accordingly and then a year down the road or two years down the road look back and just hold yourself accountable for it see where yeah did you make it did things change what happened and mm-hmm. you know, keep going you keep asking yourself once you get there don't just stop just you know celebrate for a little bit yes absolutely but then know and understand and go okay now you can't just stop and wait there you got to say all right, so what's next on top of that? Without any further ado, here is episode 44 of the Lunch Break Podcast with Jackson Lou. Here we go, folks. Episode 44 of the Lunch Break Podcast. I am super honored, fired up for this conversation with my guest today, Jackson Lou, because Jackson and I, we come from similar backgrounds. We both started out in retail. We both made our way into the B2B world, the SDR world, the BDR world, whatever letters you choose to use uh, later in our sales careers, old SDRs, I guess you could call us. Uh, and, and Jackson is somebody who has just such a, just a passion around getting better at sales and, and uh, putting the profession in a, in a better light in general. And he does that through content that he posts on LinkedIn. He has a podcast that I've been lucky enough to be a guest on. And, and so I'm just really fired up to have him here because I think he's got a unique story. He's got a lot of things that he's working on that bring value to the sales community. Um, and so honored to have you here, Jackson. Thanks so much. James, thank you so much. I'm super happy to be here. Um, you know, we've been connected for quite some time now. I've actually had you on my pod not too long ago too as well. And uh, it was a great blessing and honor. And um. I'm happy to be here to share my story and perhaps it's a little bit unique and different for others, but perhaps some may find value or find a uh, specific similar situation and to let them know that it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we were, we were talking in the, in the quote unquote green room before I hit record about uh, some of the realities of, of being in sales and, and the journey that you go on. And so Let's dive right into this thing. Uh, Jackson, how, how did you get started in sales? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually just, before I do that, I just want to go ahead and give a little bit for my background. I truly feel and believe and understand that I speak amongst for other Asian Americans, um, so to speak, um, as a 90s child coming here. Uh, so my parents first, they immigrated from Vietnam, flying from the Vietnam War. And there's a lot of Asians out there that you probably know or met to that came and has a similar situation where their family flee the country due to whether it's war, the Cambodian war, the Laos war, or some Chinese ruckus or whatever it may be. Um, But that's a little bit from my background. I grew up here. I was born here, born and raised. And growing up, I, I never really had much. You know, I never quite understood when my brothers and I, whenever we would go to McDonald's, we would always have to share one small Oreo McFlurry. And I, I always say, man, you know, for screw this, I never quite understood. And it doesn't have to be like this. But, you know, um, growing up, and uh, I speak for other, like I said, when I speak for other Asian Americans, it's very typical in our household, uh, being the firstborn, that there's, there's some out there that's really precise and know exactly what their kids want to do, go to school, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be a pharmacist. And there's also the other half too, which is very similar to mine, whereas I, I like to compare it to like a basketball game. And for instance, let's say if we were to, let's say this is the first game that we ever played in our entire life. We have no skills or sets, right? And we're playing for our life, quote unquote. And 
uh, to compare that analogy to basketball, basically our parents just got here, threw us in the court, give us a ball and say, play for your life. <laughs> so there's no really father figure. There's no really um, straight, you know, that, at least from my, from my point of view and uh, many others too as well. We never really had like a role model and things like that. But breaking down to touching base to your question, when it really came to how I got my first uh, exposure in sales was actually in community college. And it's funny, I am actually originally an accounting major, um, but you know, I, <laughs> growing up, I've always been good at talking to people. I've always been good at like, passing information with my friends, and I was like that middle mediator when uh, the friends would have some type of conflict. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I never quite knew uh, I wanted to do sales, so it was accounting. My, I have a few uh, cousins that are CPAs, and they're licensed, they're accounting, and they seem to be doing pretty well. And that was like my first father figure role. But it wasn't until 2012 when I took my first sales class with uh, Professor Dennis Morgan at Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa. And I kid you not, James, this was the nail on the head, exactly what I was looking for, mm. something that wants to be like strategic in the suit. And it was, uh, his class was Professional Selling 101. And professional selling 101, he just sell me on the mythology that always do right and sells in the customer's best interest. And a few other things he always talk about, it says, hey, you know, uh, the three, the, people don't buy for three reasons. And that reason is they, they don't need you, they don't believe you, or they can't afford you. <laughs> if you can overcome those three objections, uh, according to Dennis Morgan sales, then there's no way that, no reason why they shouldn't buy. Um, but after that, I took the sales class. I thought I knew everything. 2012, I was like 2021. 20, and I actually started taking my first sales job as an outside sales rep. It's like a 1099 with this um, company called iNet Team. And this is really funny because <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with like furniture stores or anything like that. But this was, I didn't, I was young. I did not know about this. It was, turns out it was like a, <laughs> it was a shark loan. It's like a no credit check financing device. <laughs> oh, so, so you would. So it's a device that you would literally go to like the furniture store, right? And then you would sell to the boss and the owner and say, hey, do you want to make more money? Are you, do you want to increase sales? How, much, how many times do you run your credit and they don't get accepted? And, you know, they, you, they would finance you over like a course of six months with no interest or whatever. But <laughs> if, if, if you pass a six months and you don't pay your thing on time, it spikes like three, 400%. So <laughs> that's where, but that, I, I did that. I, Pounded the phone for three weeks. I set a few appointments. I went there and faced, got zero, nothing out of the box. Um, you know, I, I went there. I literally, no sales experience, right, James? And they look at me like I'm some little little kid, like some little dumbass. And they're like, what are you doing here? Like, do you even know what you're doing? You know, they told me, man, get out of here. I don't want to see you again. Stop yeah. calling me. And then I literally went in my car, old 92 Honda Civic, teared up. I was like, damn, this, this is fucking rough. 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 <laughs> yeah, so... So then I found out, I was like, you know what? I need to find something like an hourly base, an hourly wage and things like that. And then I actually got into uh, this uh, law firm for a short amount of time. Um, and it's called Kusama McCray Law Firm in Costa Mesa. This was when, during the 2008 when the, the market crashed and everyone was losing their house, right? And they can't uh. pay their mortgage on time. And what happens when you can't pay your mortgage on time, James? Well, uh, you tend to lose your house, right? And yeah. they worked on home loan modifications. So I did that for a few moments, but... School came back on time and, you know, I worked under a great person named Frank Herman. He's a great sales professional. He taught me to match the voice and match the pace and not sound like a mouse on the phone, but sound a little bit more like a lion. Um, <laughs> I love that. But he, yeah. Yeah. And he, he gave me two options. You know, he said, hey, you know, I really believe in you. I want to scope and mode you. However, it's full time. 
if you can't go full-time, you decide to go to school, I understand. I can't stop you. But, you know, he, he wanted me there. And then I thought long about it. Ah, fuck, I got to go to school. Because <laughs> I know in the deep, man, it's going to be worth every degree. But this is, where, this is where the fun part happens, James. This is where it really kicked off. And I thought, you know, I need to find something. that I, I know I want to do sales. I need to find something like an hourly base to scope and mold me. And that's when I actually started in 2013 over at Sprint. And just like you yourself in the beginning, uh, when we had our chat, I, I, I wasn't all good. You know, it was always <laughs> sunshine and rainbow. Uh, I had a lot of struggles with that. I was really scared of just staring at people and just being, being it, it was weird to me. And um, I would always just tell them, oh yeah. They asked, how much is this phone? I said, oh yeah, it's you know, X, Y, and Z. And that's it. I'm like, I'll, I'll be behind the counter if you need anything. <laughs> and I got to give yeah. it to my sales manager. His name is Tom McGrath. And Tom McGrath looked at that and scoped me and mommy, took me in the back and checked me and said, <laughs> hey, Jackson, you know, if this is something you really want to do, you really got to get over it. If not, this is not meant for you. Go home, think about it, let this marinate overhead. And that's when I started seeing the Glenn Gary again, Ross thing, always be closing kind of thing. And it just <laughs> finally popped in me. I finally got cracked. It's like, uh, to my best of my recollection, James, when you first sold your first phone, when you did the process, right? And yeah. everything just started taking flight. Yeah, mm-hmm. so after that, everything just started taking flight for me. And I took everything I learned from Professor Dennis Morgan, always selling the customer's best interest. And that even means, even if you're closing, a closing even means when you tell them not to buy it when it's not a right fit. Yeah. And when you do that and the customers realize that, they start to like you even more and trust you. <laughs> and that's where all the loyalty comes in, right? And started out, so Timo was talking crazy. Uh, right. I, I was at Sprint, and then it was the same Korean owner that owns two different sides. He owned a Sprint side and T-Mobile, and then he sold out Sprint side, and I got transferred into his T-Mobile side automatically. Got, got it. so good. Start working on hustle, implementing everything I know uh, based on a customer's best interest, and just really being there and just truly, truly caring. Yeah, and then six months in, I was promoted to a senior sales leader. I was training nine different reps that was coming in brand new, mm. and I let me give a shout-out to them on this, too, as – as for those who's right now who's like in retail and still in retail because they're still in retail sales today at t-mobile i started out with them over at t uh the third party and his name is tony torres and johnny vela when i transferred over to t-mobile corporate side later on i, tr- I was able to bring them along too and actually got them to hit winner circle and winner circle is pretty much the uh the top reps of the region where they take you to the t-mobile arena mm-hmm. in las vegas and then you know um uh, the CEO comes out with all his pinked out gear and then he recognizes <laughs> you. And yeah, and that's, that's that. I, you know, it feels really good to like train Tony Torres and Johnny Vela and just having them move up there. And I was getting, starting to gain traction at Timo and started breaking plan month over month, James. And, you know, when I transferred over to Timo on corporate side, this is where the sales size got really good. I started doing a lot of reading and I started doing continuous learning. I was mm-hmm. mentored under a new manager named Vu Din. And he taught me one rule, and it's called loyalty. And he mm. said, loyalty, when you have a loyal customer, what that means to you is that they are willing to suffer inconvenience to still do business with you. And I actually had people who was following me from my old stores and was waiting for me for an hour or two just to see me. <laughs> so that, he actually helped me out a lot. And I actually started to, uh, he helped me build out my personal brand I had there too at uh, T-Mobile. And my, my mindset was like the Gary V mindset. And that mindset was pretty much, okay, you know what? Uh, when it comes to this account, you come in, retail, resell sales, wireless, whatever. 
I am your, you know, I am your T-Mobile architect. I'm going to help you build. I listen to you. I look exactly what you're looking for. We sculpt and we build it together. But if something and shit hits the fan, I'm also your plumber. So I'll just go there and help you fix it as well, right? Even if we mm-hmm. don't fix it, as long as we're there, we show them that we care. That's basically what it is. But I started challenging myself. I said, all right, James, what's next? So I said, okay, I got number one stores in the rep, multiple recognition. I said, you know what? I want to go 3X. And that's uh, over 10 reps in the store. And that's like back to back, right? And I did that for June, July, and August 2017. And we would have the store meeting and the store manager would go, wow, you got that 3X back to back? Now that's something. So I started knowing that's gaining traction. And that's when I'm about to start graduating too. And I said, you know what? I want to go out with a bang. I want to be the number one in the district. And I actually did that in March 2018, uh, where I broke plan, came to number one store in rep. And all of this I'm saying too, I actually have it documented too. It's all on my LinkedIn. I did that for proof because I know it's a lot of people always like to throw numbers out there. But I actually <laughs> post my award out there and the recognition letter from, you know, the VPs and the directors themselves. Yeah, and man. just breaking 21, to, to, yeah, 221% to plan. And this is, I had a similar situation like you too, James. And this is where the transition started to happen. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm about to graduate right now. And I'm like, okay, what's the next step here? I want to stick in sales, but we don't want to be stuck in the retail hours. We don't want to be working weekends, even though sometimes we do. And, you know, we don't want to be working late nights, having people call you at like John Doe at 10 p.m. Like, hey, James, you still there? <laughs> so I started networking with people and I met this guy. He's like, he does medical device sales. And he's, uh, that's when I learned about outside sales. I was like, outside sales? What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, it's just it's like Googling out and it's cool, right? It's like still sales. That's that you drive around SMB, face-to-face yeah. engagement. And, you know, you get the holiday holiday hours, get the holidays off, and you work that money into Friday. And I was like, oh, shit, what do I have to do with that? Mm-hmm. So I've, uh, originally, I, I said, okay, the guy gave me some advice. You got to do outside sales and then go to, uh, you know, move your way into medical device. So that's when I took my internship over at ADP, and I actually landed an internship there for five weeks. And, you know, that five weeks internship, I was the top out say it to you right now and i'm gonna say it again like the top intern in there because are, are you familiar with the adp internship at all james no no so i mean not intimately so tell us about it okay so i'm just gonna put it out there and there's many 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 people who took the apprenticeship there um and it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of vague but uh, it's, it's very aggressive and what i mean by that is they hired fresh new graduates out of no sales experience whatever they hired anyone as much as possible just to have them call in, just start smiling and dialing, just booking appointments for the AEs. And you have to, you have to really earn your keep. And um, even if you don't earn your keep, and if there, even if it doesn't matter how good you are or who you are, if you don't have a prior, like a good connection, or if you, uh, if you, if you don't, if there's no open slot available and doesn't matter how good you are, your internship can just end there too, which is what yeah. happened to me. And um, I'll tell you that story right now. So I came in, Sales experience, and this is where I got uncomfortable too, James. I was at, you know, T-Mobile, as well-known, Rockstar there, making pretty good compensation, health benefits, like working part-time, making like 45 a year. Yeah, going to school, <laughs> that, that, that was pretty good for me, you know? Yeah, man. And I took this internship, right? They say, all right, Jackson, man, we want you. Just got to let you know, it's minimum wage. There's no health benefits, and there's no guarantee you get a full-time position offer. I said, you know what? Hang on, let me think about this real quick. Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> you know, I'm going all in. 
So I came in, right, but compared to me and my other competitors, I was there. Everyone was a fresh graduate. I, too, was a fresh graduate, but, you know, I fresh graduate with five years of sales experience in retail, a little bit older, but it's okay. So I had a little sales experience, and you come in, they give you this little book with James, and they go, okay, here you go, start, start dialing. And that was it. They was leave. But I actually came in, brought my own laptop, started making my own CRM out of Google Docs, started using Yelp to get warm leads. So rather than just calling out the blue, I said, hey, I'm calling based on this. And I noticed that you guys had really good reviews. How are you guys currently solving this and that? And just tying everything together. And I was mm. actually, so over a course of that five weeks internship, I did a total of 3,025 dials. <laughs> I spoke to 260 decision makers and I booked 36 appointments. Uh, yeah, out of 36 appointments, uh, 18 of it was net new. Ooh. And yeah, we actually uh, even closed one of it too uh, with a uh, one of the AEs over there. And I'm going to give a shout out to him because he's always been nice to me. His name is Nathan. This is not the Long Beach region. Nathan, you're ever listening to this, I want to say thanks for always uh, keeping it good with me because he would actually Venmo me on the side to pay me extra money for sending the appointments for him when no one other people does that, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, so I and I thought I really was going to get that uh, offer, but you know, and I, I even doubt on a Saturday, James, on a Saturday. Committed. Woke up, commitment. You know, I didn't come in on a Saturday. I just did at home, start down on Saturday, sent out to the whole boss and they're like, damn, this guy's a hard worker, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I did that. I even canvassed around the area when you didn't have to, I just went all in. And you know, when they told me, Hey Jackson, you know what? Um, we, we really love, you know, your attitude. You have great attitude. You work really good. You work really hard, but unfortunately uh, the numbers aren't quite there. You only close about one app. And, you know, we got to let you go. And that right there just broke me, James. And uh, I literally, I kid you not. And I, I knew is um, a, a few factors for sure, because I know there's no openings because I talked to the full-time reps. They told me that. And number two, there was like uh, three other four people prior to me that they hired that closed zero apps, you know? So I already knew right there. That's okay. This is a lot of whatever. And, and you know, I, it, it broke me down. I drove on a 405 freeway and I literally cried mental breakdown, cry, broke down, and then I, that's when I actually started um, listening to David Delaney's podcast, and I realized, okay, you know what? Sales development, this is the next thing I'm going to do. Um, based on the sales, uh, the, the phone skills that I picked up from ADP, I'm actually going to get broken into sales development. And I learned all the tactics and get a little familiar with like what a multi-channel is, a, a cadence and a sequence. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually um, broke out into Berkshire Systems, and this is where the fun part came in. Self-development rep, uh, started becoming an everyday practitioner. I never really did the self-development role myself, but I knew exactly what I was looking for. And given my about three, four months in within my month, uh, ramp month period, I was able to go ahead and just break plan out the park. We mm. they require at least 10 appointments. Uh, and this is on January 2019. I was able to book 15 out of 10. <laughs> and that generated 1.8 million in pipeline revenue. It was a mixture of inbound and outbounds. And, you know, 690K and ARR, worked my ass off, closed a few deals with the AEs, and then company uh, promoted me, and uh, the sales team had a full restructuring. Uh, there was no more SDR. Everything was all BDM and AE. It was a lineup. So I was partnered with Tony Ross for the Southeast Regional Territory, where I had a shared $2.6 million quota. Mm. And we so Berkshire Systems is a procure-to-pay software platform designed specifically for the hospitality industry. Okay. And they focus on hotel and hotel management companies. So the e-procurement software platform basically gives you full analytics and data analytics, 
real-time inventory control, uh, e-procurement for your, if you need to reconcile with your um, suppliers or anything like that, but it's a whole complex solution. And I would handle anything that's uh, 10 properties or less. And Tony Ross would handle anything that's more. And we were doing good, you know, we were crushing it, bringing down a few numbers. And I kid you not, uh, come, after that company restructuring, they literally, they brought me in, James HR put, just, Pulled me into the uh, right. This is right when I got back from Vegas with uh, with the team for one of the convention that we had. It was like a liquor sales convention. Mm-hmm. They pulled me into the room and they said, "All right, Jackson, you're off the sales teams." I was like, "What? What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> mm. so, yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, originally we hired you for uh, sales development rep. You're just supposed to smile on now, and this was more of a complex uh, sale. So we actually hired someone with about uh, ten plus years of technology experience to replace mm. you know to start Monday. Oh, by the way, uh, by the way, um, can you help onboard him? I was like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, wait a minute. What's going on? And yeah, no, you know, I, I kid you not. It was, it was a really bad experience. She said, you know, but we, re- we really want to keep you. So we're going to offer you a software trainer role. And what that means is the software trainer role is uh, whenever a sales closes, we would actually go on site for our newer existing customers and show them how to use the product itself. Yeah. So. Yeah, she told me that. And I used that. I was like, oh, man, yeah, that's, that's messed up. Why did you even promote me in the first place then? You know? <laughs> and then yeah, like, right. Yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it is what it is. It's an executive decision. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll take it. So there, I actually took there as a software trainer role. I learned how to demo effectively because we run live demos every day. For instance, like if you're an AE, you sat in with a demo, right, James? Yeah. Um, there's some, it's a large part of what you're doing. Yeah. You ever, you ever sat in a bad demo? Oh, tons. <laughs> they tell you click here click there mm, click there the yeah worst. we're an effective one which is uh tailor everything to you and be like okay james following the mid screen here right in the middle you see this login screen right below that's the password we yeah. click login top left hand corner we have the logo right below <laughs> that we have this button they're describing and you can actually see and move over the movement so that's where i learned how to demo and i woke up and i found myself like you know what james um i i, I find myself waking up in the morning staring in the mirror lying to myself like mm. this is not a sales role so i told myself you know what i'm putting my two weeks i'm gonna go back and stick to my dna and this is and you're gonna get a kick out of this so i gained all this knowledge and it's thanks to you too by the way all from your content that you posted out along with david delaney and after the software trainer role when i started moving out uh, i started doing my outbound cadence and i was uh had a list of targeted accounts that i want to work for and um Believe this or not, uh, you're familiar with uh, Brand- Brandon Bernanstein, right? Seamless. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been on the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Brandon, if you're listening to this too, I just want to say thank you for that time, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out due to, you know, um, I put that for out later. But I, I literally, I got, I, I got a job offer from Branson, which is within 24 hours of my outreach. And mm. it is due to high, super targeted. So I, I reached out to him. I put his info on Zoom. Made an outreach, say, hi, hi, Brandon, this is Jackson, a uh, big fan of you. I've been listening to the pod. I love how you help uh, this Asian kid on their YouTube video, how he was selling candies and you just gave him the chance to sell. Uh, also, in addition, I love how you're a great hustler from college where you started up your own uh, poker set and you crashed, but you always bounce back, you know, and uh, it really inspired me. He did that. We spoke to him. Uh, to, uh, he's like, all right, Jackson, apply on the website. We got like eight positions left or whatever. I applied there. And then I uh, even just, uh, after I submitted my application, he said, all right. And I made him a Vimeo video and it was based on everything he had. And I pitched him on the spot and he said, you know what, what's your number? I'm calling you right now. 
He gave me a call that same day, right? I was his VP of sales, around 30 minute calls. He said, pitch my VP. So we started pitching around, started asking questions, everything I learned. And then, yeah, everything was good and great. And he actually uh, gave me an offer too, but compensation wasn't where I was looking for. And that's actually where I picked up for my most current company that just let me go to as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the great company that I work for, um, it's, uh, it's called Silverline. They're a Salesforce Platinum level partner. They specialize in the financial services and the healthcare vertical only. Uh, they just work off specifically off the Salesforce platform. And coming in, uh, the sales development growth team is fairly new too. There's nothing in place and they're only using one channel, which is just, uh, just cold calling on the spot. And that's it. Cold calling. There's no email. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. So I came in there, started cold calling them. It was trained under a great business uh, development manager named Travis Black. And he was able to scope and mold me too. And, you know, I really went all out. And uh, even at Silverline too, working with my campaign. So we have about four SDRs there, right? We have a senior SDR and three new hires. Uh, I myself includes a new hire. But the pipeline revenue is all about pipeline. And I found out, you know, what really sucked is that. So I came in fairly new, right? Uh, but it was totally my fault, James. And I want to put out there for the rest of the people is that my relationship with the director wasn't where I wanted it to be. Mm. Uh, I was never really talking to them. I was never really asking them questions or just keeping in touch because I gave all my focus into my uh, sales development manager. And mm-hmm. we were really tight. Like it was me and you always asking for constant feedback and things like that. But yeah, our company went through restructuring. And what happened was he got let go. And on the same day, they decided to let me go too because the director said, you know, uh, your, your, your work isn't where we're looking for. We're, we're expected to book about two apps a week, but you haven't been doing that. You only book one appointment so far. But in the end, you know, I realized that, you know, it, it's, it, if you don't get, if you don't have a really good, a strong relationship with whoever mm-hmm. it is um, and things were to hit the fan, uh, you know, you will be pushed out. Yeah. And I'll give you an example because for, for this year, quarter three, and I got this confirmed too for my, uh, so we have a senior SDR in there, right? So our pipeline revenue, our uh, quota is like a million dollars for the, for the quarter. Yeah. And uh, by, by the time when they let me go, the senior SDR only had like 35K in the books. Uh, the other SDR had 100K and the other one had zero, right? And the appointment that I've booked, which is my first one that I finally got everything done where I, uh, you know, ask for permission, give it an intro, discover, confirm their DM, and then ask for the sale for booking the appointment, right? Right when they, so I booked the appointment, we got it. And then uh, the second appointment was be on a Tuesday. They let me go on the Monday. And after Tuesday kicked in, uh, actually uh, took number one to spot, uh, generate 250K opportunity. <laughs> of course, but, right? Yeah, but I'm already gone, but it's still there. And I yeah, keep in touch yeah. my other co I said, hey, man, uh, what's the price? Like, dude, turn the pipeline, bro. I was like, damn. So that very yeah. put me number one there, but you know, due to the fact that in totally my fault, um, I yeah, didn't you didn't build that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned from that James and, uh, that's where I'm at today. So I'm going through quite some interviews right now too, as well. And like we were speaking earlier too, going through some uh, troubles where I'm not qualified for, uh, unemployment shares like I thought, but you know, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to learn from it and hopefully other fields and uh, people will, uh, you know, find some type of value from this too, because, yeah. And, you know, you might see me working at Target for a bit, James. I see that you get a discount. <laughs> well, hey, look, I mean, I think just from your whole story, your whole yeah. entire story from the very beginning, um, yeah. you know, never being afraid to kind of go all in. And, and let's be honest, uh, this story, your story, 
highlights what a lot of us <clears throat> go through, but very few of us like to talk about. It's just because you decide to go all in and you decide to give your all doesn't mean that it's going to work out. Like it, there's no guarantee that, that you will uh, have a positive outcome just because you're a positive person. You know, yeah. I think there's so much talk around positive mindset and it's all about your mindset. And, you know, once you decide to be great, then life is great. And once you decide to be happy, life is happy and all these things. Well, that's not reality. Sometimes, you know, you're giving everything you've got to something and you're kicked in the mouth. Right. And, um, or, yeah. or a certain set of circumstances come up and, you know, things don't pan out the way you think they are. They, they, they will. I mean, I, and I've gone through experiences like that um, recently as well, where, you know, you go into an office randomly on a Friday and you're told, you know, next week's your last week and you need to help, uh, <laughs> you know, onboard somebody <laughs> else or give all your yeah. to somebody else. And, um, it's a, uh, it's, it's part of the game and it's part of taking risks and it's part of, um, I mean, because look, Jackson, you could have easily stayed in the cell phone game. Number one employee of the month crushing quota easy. You could have just stayed doing that. Right. Um, and, and probably avoided some of this, uh, adversity, but would you have been happy or would you have been fully satisfied had you not taken these risks? Obviously not, right? Because you felt compelled yeah. to take these risks. And so I think, you know, anybody listening to this can listen to that story and, and take away that, A, the success you've had in every phase of your career is a direct result of your commitment and your decision to go all in. Right. I mean, every every phase you there was a point where you said to yourself, OK, I'm going to do more than what's required of me. I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to go survey the landscape. I'm going to go build my own prospect list. I'm going to go get super personalized or whatever you needed to do. It was a decision that you made. And then dealing with the fact that. And we were speaking about this before we started recording, it's like sales salespeople you know, the idea is like, Hey, I got into sales to make money. I got into sales <laughs> to, 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 yeah. Right. I mean, I got into sales, uh, because I can get rich and I mean, there's way more salespeople out there that are making 30, 40, 50 base. And then the OTE is a hundred K a year in quotation marks, but you know, <laughs> nobody seems to be making that, uh, you know, it's this elusive thing. And so the reality yeah. I think of, of, and I would, and I would guess the 50 or 60 or so people that listen to this podcast on a regular basis aren't rolling in the dough. Right. And yeah. aren't, aren't at a place where they haven't had to deal with this type of adversity. And um, again, I think it goes back to, to your decisions to try and get better that, that road, you you always hear, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, but are you really ready to be super uncomfortable for real? Like at night when you're about to go to bed and shit, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you really ready to put yourself in a position where you're, you're, uh, you know, faced with these things and, Oh my God, I hope this works or what have I done? Or, you know, that's where the real growth happens. And, um, I told you this before we started recording, I think, the 
the cool thing for me is as I've known you and watched kind of what you've done, you've always people and I know other people like you as well, people like you that have that positive mindset and they're willing to go all in and they're not the type of person that says, Oh, well, something bad happened to me yesterday. That means something bad's gonna happen to me forever. You're the type of person that says, Something bad happened to me. A, what what can I do? myself before I blame anybody else what can I do to to prevent that from happening again and it's like what you identified in your last role like I didn't build that relationship with that leader so boom here I am right and then next time yeah you're not going to make that same mistake right and so it's all about yeah. those layered lessons that you kind of stack on top of each other uh, and people like yourself always land on your feet because you the, the, the positivity pushes you forward and the, the people that end up uh, falling or uh, not reaching what they want or settling or however you want to put it are the folks that just somehow, and it's, it's not like it's, I don't even think it's probably a, a conscious decision. Sometimes you're just eventually like, well, shit, life is just handing me this deck of cards. I'm just going to go ahead and take it like i'm gonna stop trying to uh change my circumstances and just <laughs> whatever right i mean yeah it's a it's a tough gig man so kudos to you and i think um it's it's just all around important stuff that you brought up and i feel like through your story you've you've given us so many great tips and and ways to think about things and handle adversity but um, as we get to the end of our time here, I want to make sure that we uh, give the folks that are listening a, a short sales tip that they can go back to their desk and use when they're done listening to the podcast, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, a short sales tip that I would say for someone who wants to dive in, you know, is uh, you always want to go ahead and ask yourself, what's next? And what I mean by that is uh, personal development and leveling up yourself. Like, okay, what's next? Uh, and what I would like to do is uh, that to make full progress of that is write down your goals, right? And I mentioned this on my previous episode before too. And what I mean by that, okay, you start as SDR. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Write down that goal. So you draw, you're in SDR right now. You draw a circle, SDR, and you draw, uh, you draw another circle on top of where you want to be. And then you draw a line from that. And then you go okay what's the expected time frame how long will it take me to get there and then you reverse engineer and work backwards and then go okay now what do i have to do to get here what do i have to do for me to get there and well what who would i have to talk to about that or who can i who can help me with that and then start working on it accordingly and then a year down the road or two years down the road look back and just hold yourself accountable for it see where yeah did you make it did things change what happened and mm -hmm. Okay, and keep going. You keep asking yourself. Once you get there, don't just stop. Just you know, celebrate for a little bit. Yes, absolutely. But then know and understand and go, okay, now you can't just stop and wait there. You've got to say, all right, so what's next on top of that? And just yeah. keep on moving it over and over. And then from years or at the years, just look back at it. And I guarantee you, you would be surprised. And, you know, when it comes down to failing like uh, where I felt a few times too, and I just want to let you know for others out there, that is absolutely okay. You know, Re Reggie's Jackson struck out 2,700 times and Thomas Edison failed a thousand ways before he invented the light bulb. Yeah. Or yeah. at least he said he found 999 ways <laughs> not to invent light bulb. So that, you could probably flip that to be a positive. So just always have a positive mindset, but always asking yourself what's next. 
work accordingly, asking for help for it, reverse engineer and then uh, move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's literally something that you could do today. You could go back and sit and write down what's next. What's that next dotted line to that next phase of what I want to do. And it's huge. It's huge because there's, it, it allows you what, what, what that kind of mindset allows you to do is it allows you to do what you've done, which is navigate a career where you're taking risks, but you're taking calculated risks and you're taking, you're going to, to areas of and industries where you actually want to be instead of ending up in a spot, in a seat, in a role that is just like, how the hell did I end up here selling, you know, laminate for a hardware company or something, you know, something that you're just completely not interested in and you're not engaged in. Now there's somebody out there that loves laminate and loves flooring and you know, wakes up every day and uh, excited to sell that shit. And that's because they were self-aware enough and they had that kind of mindset. So I, I love that man. And, and there's a lot of power, obviously we all know this and, <laughs> and writing it down too, right? I mean, yeah. writing that down and having it visually there for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> it, it helps. I think for me, I think about the story you've shared, right. Uh, and, and my story the willingness to take what is sometimes perceived as a step backwards in order to get where you want to go. You know, like I I went from, um, I went into a role when I started as an SDR that a lot of people, my contemporaries that I worked at previous jobs with, uh, I mean, I know for a fact there's people that I worked with at previous jobs that would have never taken that SDR role uh, that I took. <laughs> oh, I, I love it, man. I mean, I just there's just yeah, no way they it. would way to. Oh well, I was an inside. I was a full cycle sales rep. I was an inside sales manager. I was a this. I was a that. Um, and uh, thank God we we're able to bite the bullet, right? And kind of say, okay, well, yeah, I do yeah. know where I want to go. And, and, you know, the only reason your people uh, can manage to do that is to take that perceived step back is they know it's not a step back. They know it's a step over, right? It's a, it's a step yeah. from where I'm at here. And it's like diagonal. Let me get into this another industry to this different role. And then I can start really taking some steps forward. Right. And, and I think it's, yeah. um, <clears throat> and, and, and you may have to do that a few times, right? I mean, you're uh, just because you, again, just because you have a positive mindset, you care about personal development, you're good at what you do, you're a nice person. None of that means that anything's going you know, to go your way because it, as salespeople, we're all incredibly expendable. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's the truth. I mean, everybody is in every type of role, but especially in sales, right? The we all know that we all know the the turnover rates higher in in our profession, and so yeah, um, I love I love your story. I love your mindset. I love your sales tip, and I need to make sure that I ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the Lunch Break podcast. Jackson, what is your favorite place to eat lunch? Uh, yes, James. So for anyone out there who's a big fan of pho, um, pho is pretty much a uh, Vietnamese beef noodle soup, bone broth. Well, if yeah. you ever come down to Orange County, California, you got to see the original, which is uh, it's called Pho 79. And Pho 79, I've been eating there ever since I was a kid with my family. But the story from there over there, too, is people from the 
the parents from there came from Vietnam during around the same time my parents did. But they were, you know, restaurant cookers over in Vietnam. They want to share the experience. And they actually keep their quality up to par. I'm talking about 10, 12 hours of, you know, just <sighs> simmering for that bone broth and that beef and that uh, filet mignon. And they even won a Michelin star OC recently. Too, oh, wow. Well. So they, wow. Yeah, okay, they, so real they, deal. Yeah, yeah. So... 1279, you definitely got to go out there and give it a shot and um, you, know, you, you, won't regret, you won't regret it. Hey, I think that might be the most official must-go-to place that anybody's yeah. ever brought up on the Lunch Break podcast because, I mean, there's, it's so funny to me because there's that place that's the original place that you've been eating at as, since you were a kid. And then I yeah. think about the place that just opened up in the strip mall down from me in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I, I find myself wondering, Hmm, is the authenticity the same or is it just somebody trying to, you know, <laughs> open up a smoothie joint and a pho place just cause it's trendy, you know, I don't know. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll reserve my next yeah. pho meal for pho 79 in your neck of the woods because it sounds amazing. And, and Jackson, um, really appreciate yeah. you coming on today. Uh, I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, thank you for being patient and flexible as far as the scheduling goes. And I know you've got Absolutely. a lot going on, man. And, and I'm really fired up about what we talked about today because I think your story is just littered and layered with so much value because um, you're just a real guy and you're just honest about what you've gone yeah. through and what you've learned. So really appreciate it, man. How can folks stay in touch with you, keep in contact with you if they're not already connected to you, Jackson? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. So for anyone who wants to reach out, you can just reach me directly over on LinkedIn, uh, you know, linkedin.com slash JT Lil. That's J-T-L-I-E-U. And I just want to say one thing too, just before we get uh, off this too, James, I just want to say number one again, thanks again for having me. You know, I'm always a big fan. And just uh, to do a quick little recap for out there, for it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, or if you're top rep, top performer or not, you know, when it comes down to some depending where you're at, if, if you don't have a good relationship or anything like that, you, you will be pushed out. So, and just, you know, I just want to put it out there for hopefully others can learn and, you know, avoid that mistake that I did because it literally doesn't matter just how good you are. If you're, if you're not a right fit, it's just not going to work out. But, and James, I thank you again for having me on this episode. I am going to use this as a progress doc so that later on when you post this or maybe like a six months or so, I can actually look back at it and like, compare contrast <laughs> where we go but um yeah thanks again for everything that you do your all your content that you push out super valuable and i'm actually learning it from your shoes so thanks again for having me it's uh it's a blessing you got it man thanks so much jackson and with that i'm gonna wrap up episode 44 of the lunch break podcast speak to you guys soon